I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday morning to the two of you. Ah, pleasure to be here. <laughs> Tommy Metz, master of accents. Let's do it. <laughs> Tommy Metz, Mandy Kaplan. Hello, hello. Good morning. This is the, uh, we're getting close. Actually, this is the last Sad Mat of the year, I think. I have to check my this calendar because be I think we're, we're taking this better be. We're taking a week off um, right around the Christmas holiday. So I think after that, the next Saturday, yes, is January 2nd. So make it good. Make it count. No pressure. <laughs> Perfect. Don't screw this one up. How is everything going with you two? What's going on in your movie lives and your TV watching lives? Anything new and exciting? Just Ugh, I still haven't watched Queen's Gambit really? and no one will let me forget about it. Ugh. Uh I did watch Queen's Gambit. Uh 
it's good. Oh, everyone's crazy about it. You're not that. I've heard some people love it. And like my wife watched it and it's like, yeah, it was fine. And so I was just like, "Eh, I'll skip it. But I don't know. But we did just start uh, the flight attendant oh what which, is that i've heard of that but that's I don't a know new what is it. that an apple tv show apple plus no right? it's no? it's hbo max and kaylee cuoco got the rights to this book and i really enjoyed the book uh so i was excited to see the series and as a big bang theory fanatic and i love kaylee <laughs> cuoco this is really exciting and different for her and episode one she is off the charts she's fantastic so I'm excited. So, I mean, you read the book, yes. you said, right? So do you feel like, is yes. it is it like a one season? I know how to read, Andy. <laughs> yeah, Andy, back off. Man. Uh, you I know, you it. just got to check sometimes. So is it like a one season thing? Like based on the book yeah. is like, it's a one, one and done sort of show. I would think. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, I... No spoilers here. I see what uh, you're doing. No spoilers uh, for me. How's it for those cliffhangers, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, because my, watched... <laughs> <laughs> my wife watched the um, the other HBO. Um, it was kind of a... Gosh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the one with Hugh Grant and Nicole the Kidman. Undoing. The Undoing. The Undoing, right, which she said was actually really good. It was and... great until it wasn't, in my opinion. Oh, really? Boy, oh, boy. Have we all caught up? Mandy, I, did you watch uh, yeah. it? Yeah, and I, I had read the book, and then I, God, I'm so, I'm, <laughs> I, I read books. <laughs> I read a lot of books, you guys. And I read the book, The Undoing, when it was called You Should Have Known. Um, oh, it's called it You Should Have Known? Interesting. Yes, a much more telling title. Yeah. Uh, uh, I loved it so much until the last episode, and then I was like, really? <laughs> you could just end the thing like that? But that's just me. We can't really talk about it because spoilers, but I right. loved it oh. so much. It really scratched that big little lies itch for me for a long time of like, rich people problems. Um, <laughs> and the perform- everyone, the acting in it was fantastic. I loved it. I just can't. I can't, and I've been going around recommending it to so many people, and now I just have to stop and say I'm sorry. Right. What did you think of the uh, ending without giving any spoilers, Mandy? Or is this a pointless conversation because we can't talk about it? And you'd read the book, whatever. I know you know how was, to read. It was fun. It was all popcorn, and that, and I enjoyed that. Uh, and Nicole Kidman, who I think is a fantastic actress, if you play a drinking game every time you hear an Australian accent. Yeah. You are still drunk weeks and weeks later. They, and I think they did it on Saturday Night Live. I mean, it's extreme. It is a lot. She can't keep an American accent going on a TV series. She can do it in a film. But <laughs> That's so funny. The last two or three episodes of Big Little Lies, it was like Paul Hogan was performing. She was, it was off the charts. Okay. So, so here's a question for you, because I am terrible with accents. Like, I hear somebody in a movie and I'm like, wow, they sounded great. And then I talked to somebody like you and they're like, oh, it was terrible. I'm like, really? (laughs) It sounded good to me. Okay. So has there been any performance from somebody and you thought they were from that accent until you realized, oh, they're not even from that place? Like, did any, has anybody tricked you? Oh, many, many people. Okay. Like, give me, give me some examples of people who are like flawless with that. Uh, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, both okay okay into mind i think gwyneth paltrow does a flawless uh british accent particularly like in sliding doors Mm. back then back in those days ah yes that was a good one i'm always like (laughs) they must be australian like i have no idea i i'm always just easy 
easy for all that stuff. But I thought that The Undoing should have been called Coats, the TV show, mm-hmm. because the amount of beautiful coats she wears on her weird walks <laughs> is staggering. That's the twist, as it turns out she invented coats. Yeah. <laughs> the coats committed a murder by themselves. Right. <laughs> what, a, what a thrill of a show. What a thrill of a show. So now, um, just this past Thursday, uh, The Stand is premiering. Uh, are you... I know you're it a Stephen is? King fan, Tommy. Are you? Are you <laughs> well, yes. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to uh, CBS All Access. I believe that's oh, where it's going to be playing. All Access. That's why. Yes. Yes. So that's uh, where it is going to be playing, and that's. I was wondering. I was wondering if you were going to be watching that one, but I guess. I know the no, answer now. I think I'm going to Twilight Zone it in how I keep joining for Jordan Peele's very watchable and very disappointing uh, <laughs> Twilight Zone series. I'm going to wait till they're all there and then get CBL, CBS access for a week and go. Yeah, nuts. right. Uh, but this is which what number of the stand is this? Is this just the second one or the first? It's premiering. It's just premiering. No, I mean, no, the versions before. of the stand. I oh, mean, this is from the second places. one. Yeah, this is the second, the second one, one okay. after the 90s miniseries version that had played i'm so not on cbs all Access's access who's in it i don't know anything about it the only one i'm aware of is whoopi goldberg and uh oh playing James mother Marsden. abigail or whatever yeah oh, I and, like James yeah, oh that's right that's right who's, who's playing the flag who's playing captain uh, trips do we know there's a website i don't know if you've heard of it called imdb how dare you <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Tell you all that. I don't info. care for it. All right. We can look it up later. Uh, no, I will wait until it's all there because I don't have any other reason to have CBS All Access. But Yeah, it's not one that I have either. So I've kind of skipped it. But um, I just remember that it was what was the actor's name who played Flag in the miniseries back in the 90s? I just thought he was horrible. I just it was like um, Jamie Sheridan. That's who it was. I thought he was terrible. Oh, I can picture that guy. Me too. Yeah, he just like he just didn't carry the presence mm. for that character. I didn't think Alexander Skarsgård is Ooh. playing. Uh, Ooh, very yeah. that's great. So they're going for a different. They they learned that the Skarsgårds apparently do well as the bad guys in the Stephen King, <laughs> right? As we had his brother play uh, Pennywise the clown. That's right. Yeah. Yes, I'm excited to watch it a long time from now. Yes, right. That's about where I am. <laughs> well, what else is happening out there in the movie land? Uh, anything interesting? Tommy, you uh, you had something about Tom Cruise that you wanted to talk about. I assume you guys have heard Tom Cruise screaming at his crew. Yes. Oh, yes. I am of two minds of it. I think it's great that he's taking it so seriously, but I can never quite be behind someone of such power singling people out in front of a bunch of people and screaming. Uh, and did any does anyone care about my opinion? Yes. <laughs> but I like I like someone of his stature taking something so seriously. While we've heard little stories of other people, like uh, unfortunately Rob McElhenney, I've never known how to pronounce his last name, over at Mythic Quest, uh, putting out some false information about saying that work is the safest place, and no one has gotten sick at mm. Mythic Quest while people have apparently gotten very, very sick and they've had to shut down. So I love that um, Tom Cruise is taking it that seriously. I just wish he didn't use so many words. (laughs) And I resent that you made me feel positively about Tom Cruise in any way, because I fully support his his ranting. I was like, good for him. I mean, 
all I'm hearing are stories of friends like, I'm on set. It's so safe. It's so safe. And then they're telling me what they're doing and it's it, it doesn't feel right. safe. So for him to really stand up and be that strict and that outspoken and that worked up about safety and setting an example, I really, yeah. I, I was, uh, I got it. I was impressed. I want to scream about safety sometimes in COVID. So <laughs> yeah. just in the grocery store. So I can't imagine the pressure on him. And I fully support this rant. All right. I, I dare you to do that to somebody in the grocery store, though. Like, I would love to Give see me that. 10 minutes <laughs> and I'll bring my I'll GoPro on my forehead and I'll do it. You have to do the exact same that speech. speech yeah. You have to scream at someone and say, we and I are responsible for thousands of jobs. We, yes, we are the gold standard. And they'll just be like, yeah. we are the gold standard. And they'll be like, oh, no, she's just a crazy. It's a pretty typical Thursday night at well, the grocery. That's right. That's right. I actually, I, I'm in your Sorry. camp, Mandy. I was really uh, glad to hear that he was doing that because, I mean, he's he's also, you know, as we know, very involved in the production you know he's a producer on these projects too and so i wonder if it just made me think okay so if another producer who wasn't also an actor had done this to some people who weren't being safe would it have gone viral and would everybody be talking about it or would work just have gone on just more safely you know but because it's tom cruise he ends up getting all this buzz about it and everything um i I think, you know, it's it's just kind of the the frustrating place of being a big name actor like that who also happens to be a producer. But also I can imagine how incredibly exhausting it is being in a sh- shoes of somebody like him who's carrying productions, who sure. is having to, you know, like he says, you know, constantly talking to the insurance companies, talking to the studios, talking to the producers, talking to everybody, just trying to make sure that they can keep this thing going. And it's just like, I mean, you're pretty much working 24-7 trying to get this thing going. And it's a huge thing. I mean, we've all been involved in projects and it's just like, you know, hundreds of people and and it's just, it's so much work trying to keep that, that train going. So it's a, it's, so I feel for him. I, it's 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 a difficult position to be in, and I I was uh, in full support when I heard it. And then having to act, right? So yeah, it's not like he right. just gets to go like I'm just going to go cool off and take a walk and go back to my office. Right. He that's a good point. I didn't like even think on of yeah. camera. Right, you know, being dashing. Most people don't know; they haven't seen the video of it. But during his entire yelling thing, he was sprinting. He was just sprinting around and around, Ethan Hunt style. So on that's, a helicopter. On a helicopter in space. <laughs> With a broken ankle. Yep. Right. <laughs> just, of course, of course. That's, you know, it's it's a tricky world out there with all of this. I mean, Warner Brothers, as we know, we, they've kind of done their whole thing with releasing movies on HBO Max while they're uh, releasing to the theaters. And now the movie theaters are saying, you know what, eh, we maybe aren't going to charge as much for the tickets now because of that to still get an audience. It's kind of an interesting direction to take for that. I, I don't know. What do you think? I am of two minds about this too. <laughs> Look at two minds, Tommy. Oh, get the papers, get the papers. <laughs> I, um, I, uh, selfishly, I'm kind of psyched that Warner Brothers made this plan that they did because I don't see, as I've said, I don't see myself going into a theater for a very, very long time. So to be able to see real movies that don't cost $30 at home when I'm alone and don't have a family sounds great. 
But the way that they did it sounds terrible, that they didn't consult anyone, any of the artists behind things. And now there's this huge revolt um, seems very strange. I guess maybe they just assumed everyone would say no. So it's like, what's that <laughs> phrase of like, uh, do it where they can't say anything and therefore it's a win. Is that a phrase? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure we that? can make it one. It's, um, it's, uh, ask for permission. Don't ask for permission or ask for permission. Beg Not for, for forgiveness from God. That's right. Okay. Good. <laughs> so we figured it out. Uh, but either way. Oh, I wish I had um, an organ just to strike right at that moment after Tommy brought up God. As I so often does. As I so often do. Um, I get it, though, that the that theaters, because they weren't consulted either, obviously, uh, wanting to slash just Warner Brothers movie ticket prices. Sure. I don't know. It seems very. I mean, that's what they're thinking about doing. They're not saying they're going to slash everyone's tickets, but just right. charge less for them and keep more. Maybe it's what has to be done for theaters to still exist after this. Hollywood, none of this system was built for no one going to the movies for a right. year. Yeah, right, right. And we'll, and, and maybe so we'll they, see if two wrongs do make a right. You know, if it if it hurts <laughs> Warner Brothers, then, you know, jokes on them that they did this. And I don't know. Right. And so much so many of their movies that they have moved over are for lack of a better word, fanboy movies that I do believe that if they re-release them in the theater, even after people have seen them at home, things like Doom, things like Doom, Dune, um, things like Doob and Wonder Woman and stuff, people will be fine to go back in, a certain amount of people, and re-see it in the theaters for that sort of theater experience. That's what yeah. I'm hoping. If there are any theaters to watch it in right. when Correct. everything right. is over. Which I guess is, like you said, this is why the movie theaters are doing this, right? They're right. hoping that, you know, hey, we can at least bring some money in still. We're going to, you know, be doing what we can to compete against TV. And I mean, you know, this has been a battle since the 50s when TV was invented and theaters were like, oh, look, now we've got widescreen. Now we're doing 3D. Right. And so it's it's another opportunity for them to try coming up with something, I suppose, especially when, like you said, Warner Brothers just threw this at everybody. Yeah. And when they did it, it didn't just help Warner Brothers. It really hurt uh, the article that I had read. Cinemark Theaters, right after the announcement, saw its stock drop by 21 percent. And already AMC <laughs> has come out saying that its cash reserves will be depleted by January of next year. So they're already Jeez. on the ropes. Yeah. Uh, so I think it behooves them to do whatever they can do, I guess. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, yeah, it's a weird lose-win-lose-win. I think I'm the only one that wins because I want to see movies. But Warner <laughs> Brothers is also losing so much money in this yeah. by doing this. Yeah. Billions of dollars. So, yeah. Well, and, and they're owned by AT&T, which, right. you know, that's – I know um, Denny Villeneuve, who's, uh, who directed Dune, he came out complaining about Dune. the fact that really it's AT&T and the fact that they're in debt that is the whole reason behind this whole thing because they're just oh. trying, to, trying to make as much money as they can right now because they have nothing in their reserve. So when Oliver Stone so, makes a movie about this conspiracy, it won't oh, be in theaters and it probably won't be a Warner Brothers mm. production. Aha! Well, I'll have to go over to Sprint stores to watch it. <laughs> I might not know how conglomerations work. <laughs> Just like that. You, oh, you figured okay, it great. out. Okay, great. I nailed you it, it out. Okay, good. Well, this is also affecting talent because what I, uh, you know, I know that, uh, was it, um, I think it was Gal Gadot 
and um, Patty Jenkins, the two, the the director and lead actor behind Wonder Woman 1984, they came out after this whole thing. And I guess there's a huge issue, and you both are, you know, dealing with this, dealing with actors and all that sort of thing, with with the uh, the contracts and everything, because you know when you have a contract, you get particular points and everything. And they're now not getting any points from theatrical releases because it's not oh, getting a theatrical I didn't even release. Think about that. And so it's a huge change on how much they're going to make. And now, like Marvel came out and said, they're actually going to change all of the the way that their contracts are structured in preparation for the possibility that some of this stuff may end up just be only going to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Wow, and I think that's uh, very interesting steps that um, I I guess. Now, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with SAG and AFTRA and everybody else, all these other unions, when they're dealing with points and how they're going to distribute this. Because what, what do you get when it goes to streaming, you know? Right. Well, and some of the stuff Netflix is already putting, some have been putting talent agents and stuff through a bit of rigmarole for a long time because they refuse to release numbers. And numbers are always the uh, fuel for agents renegotiating like another season. And yeah. so they've just sort of undercut that. So it really does seem like uh, Wild West stuff again. Yeah, but times they are changing and there will be a new Oh my normal. God, did you just come up with that? I did. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You should if write I, a song. If, yeah, if I sing it, then do I? who do I send the money to? It doesn't Ask matter out. in this new just, Wild West. It just doesn't it, matter. Just send it to me. Yeah. Just send oh, it to me, okay. really. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Everything's free. Everything's free. <laughs> we should murder someone on the podcast for ratings. <laughs> <gasps> okay, go ahead. <laughs> wow, where did we just go? It's it is just the wild west, though. I I'm really curious to see like how is the dust going to settle with all of this, and I I don't know. I I just I very much wonder uh, how this industry. I know every industry is changing, but I mean this industry in particular because it is a very expensive art form for the masses. And it it uh, is hard thing to kind of crank out quickly and easily. And it's going to be something that um, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how it's going to affect everybody who's working in it. Sure. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll just keep riding this train and see where it goes. Yeah. As someone that I know once said, times they are a changing. <laughs> so only time will that's tell. Something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Only time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do you say we talk about some trailers? Trailers! Ah, trailers! Trailers. All right. Mandy. That's me. You you got your trailer in there first, so you get to go first. I always what is your do, trailer? Andy. Mm. <laughs> so my trailer is not a movie, but I've heard other people <sighs> do this. Oh, precedented then. Okay. It, oh, Andy was about to give me a demerit, but... No, I actually have done it myself. Oh, okay. Um, so it is called Bridgerton and it is from Shondaland and it's a new series coming on Christmas Day to Netflix. All is fair in love and war. Miss Daphne Bridgerton. You have no idea what it is to have one's entire life reduced to a single moment. The time has come for the social season. Tighter! She's to breathe, Mama! My name is Lady Whistledown. You do not know me, but I know you. 
This is what they have been trained for since birth. Which young ladies might succeed at securing a match? You've always amused me, Miss Bridgerton. Ever since I was a schoolboy and you were... Oh, but... Five? Miss Bridgerton! Oh, pardon me. Forgive me. Bassett. Bassett! Bridgerton! Come here, old friends. This is my sister. Duke. I would recognize him anywhere. It has a dangerous liaison feel, uh, oh, yeah. you know, very English upper society, rights and wrongs, the, you know, doing everything Downton Abbey upper class style. And then all of a sudden there's diversity and we see right. black actors and actors of other colors. And it that got me so excited. and. Full confession, I've never watched a Shonda Rhimes show. So, Really? Re- I know. That's surprising. Know. That seems up your alley. Yeah. You watch it about my alley. Uh, I don't... <laughs> my sister's name is Allie. She hates that expression. Um, oh, okay. Good but, to know. Uh, but no, it just seemed like an exciting twist. And I'm not sure if race plays a huge role. It seemed more like... We're going to show you this this period piece with lots of drama and gossip and exciting things happening. And maybe that's not such a huge part of it. I don't really know, but I'm intrigued. That was one of the coolest parts of the trailer when they all go <gasps> and they look over at the I'm, I, I think I'm safe in saying African-American gentleman. And I'm like, oh, right. And they go, the Duke. Right. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's not that he's African-American <laughs> no, he's or that Duke. he might be the love interest. He's just the Duke. It was um, what's the word for it? I don't want to paint myself in a corner, but it, it was wonderfully <laughs> surprising mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know how much that was missing until I was like, what are all these guys doing in here? Oh, the whole thing is alive. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. I thought it was really neat. There does seem to be a, a little bit in the trailer, at least a push pull of, I must get a best husband. I don't need a husband. I'm a woman. But I'm sure they're going to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Does she or doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed it too. It it definitely had that kind of Hamilton vibe to to kind of those those stuffy British period pieces. And I really liked that they were doing that. Sure. Um I also haven't seen I've never really been into the shows that Shonda uh puts out. So I, I ha- also haven't watched any of that stuff. I mean I've seen an episode or two of like Grey's Anatomy or something, but I've never really followed closely. And so um, but it's thrilling to see what she's doing here with this. And uh, I thought it was just a fun way to kind of shake things up. So, uh, so I, it's, it's a, uh, it's a TV show. I probably won't end up watching, but um, you know, it's something that my <laughs> wife will love. I just, I don't watch TV. I don't, I just don't end up watching oh, TV shows. Um, is this the first since her deal with um, Netflix? Is this Shonda Rhimes first big release? Do we know? I have no idea. Did you watch Prom, by the way, Mandy? I did watch Prom. What'd you think? I haven't watched it yet. Because I know you were so excited about Prom. And then the reviews were like... Oh, were the reviews not good? No. Yeah. Uh, uh, There are moments that are so wonderful in it that I say watch it. But keep keep expectations quite low. James Corden has been apparently very divisive. He, I know he is, and I disagree. I thought he gave a lovely performance. I don't blame... How neat. Cool. The actors. I, I just thought it was a, you know, 
Moments of greatness amidst a very mediocre product. The Tom W. Metz the third story. <laughs> can, I, can I option that for my auto? <laughs> uh, can I narrate the uh, audio book? hundred <laughs> percent. But you have to do a me impression. Yeah. I don't know what even that means. Yeah. What is your trailer, Andy? So my trailer is uh, for Nomadland, a new oh, film yeah. directed by Chloe Zhao, who is, I think, a really interesting um, kind of independent filmmaker who's definitely been on the rise. You are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I and they sometimes call you nomads. My mom said that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. Hey, Fern! Gotta make the hole bigger. (laughs) I think Fern's part of an American tradition. He's gonna come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. things I love most about this life is that there's no final goodbye. I've met hundreds of people out here and I don't ever say a final goodbye. Let's just say I'll, I'll see you down the road. And I do. I see them again. And I can be certain in my heart I'll see you again. This film, it's it's funny. It, it's it. I, I'm super super excited about it. It's about Frances McDormand, who is somebody who like things kind of fall apart with her her life through through the recession. She loses everything. She loses her job, and so she just decides to become a nomad and kind of journeys across the uh, the American West in her in her van and just kind of you know living and checking things out. It it had a feeling that reminded me of. Uh, into the into the wild mm-hmm. is that the oh, one? Yeah. yeah, yep. It it kind of had that sort of flowing feel to it. The trailer was kind of funny though because I feel like you know she she goes out on her own and then I feel like she's just having fun for the rest of the trailer. <laughs> just like well, she seems like she's having a well, she's having a good time. You know, she's she's hooking up with uh, um, what's his name uh, David Strathairn as they're feeding alligators and she's chatting up everybody and so it seems like I mean you know obviously there's all the stuff that she's going through but it seems like she hits the road and is having a great time and so <laughs> it's just it's one of those things that I really I love Frances McDormand I love her in um, in well, I just love her any in any sort of performance, but this seems like a yeah. quieter sort of performance, and I really like that about her because she can be really loud in some of her performances, right? Um, which I also really enjoy. But I just like that she's doing this kind of quieter one. I also think it's interesting that Chloe Zhao is uh, bringing in 
for this a lot of actual people who are nomads who actually live this way. And I was going. That was the thing yeah. that I saw, thought after watching the trailer. I was like, I bet a lot of these people are. Yeah, actuals. It right. feels very authentic, like it in the had, yeah. in the B roll of every Ben Affleck Boston movie he makes. When you're like, <laughs> that person has one tooth. That authentic. is mostly yeah, my right. family. <laughs> really? That's right. I forgot. Growing yeah. up in Boston, like, like everybody has a story of like, well, you know who was in the town, don't you? Oh my God, uh, the principal from our school was it? Like everybody ha- knows people in those movies. It's great. So funny. That's I so was funny. rummy number three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that uh, so they are using some real one of these. So I, I'm curious about sense. this one. Yeah. What do you think, Mandy? Andy, I think I feel like we watched different trailers, but I watched the exact link you put up. I found nothing lighthearted about it. I thought she was getting to know. I found this- some life affirming. Life affirming. That's maybe the that's so it's not that like might be, me. Yeah. I'm doing fine, but like yeah. I found. Why would I just cut you off and start talking, Mindy? I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. That's so that's so weird. I like literally forgot how discussions work. <laughs> Please <laughs> that's continue. Okay. I just um, I found her to be curious about their lifestyle. I thought it was almost more about them and the and the nomadic lifestyle than it was about her. It felt like a documentary. I think it's an experiment mm. from this trailer that the director said, let's put Fern, this character, into a documentary and have her draw these stories out and get to know these people. It didn't really feel like a story about Fern to me. And I think that is a fascinating idea. Oh, no, not Borat, but, you know, you take, you take a character and you put them in the real world <laughs> and you draw out stories in the truth. I think it looks absolutely riveting, but yeah. my take on it was different than yours. No, I, I think maybe this, maybe we're on the same page. I just, the the trailer, because I mean, in the scope of trailers where it kind of gives you a sense of what the actual story is going to be, I just felt like, okay, so she, she lost her job and then she uh, doesn't know what to do and she decides to do this. And then it's like the rest of the trailer is just like, you know, hanging out with these people and traveling around and stuff. So it's like, I, I'm curious where the rest of the story is going to go for her as far as like, what is her character, her real exploration mm-hmm. in this, in this story going to be? So, and I didn't notice David Strathairn in it, but I have such a crush on him and I have forever. So he's, he's the one feeding the alligator. Oh, really? I didn't even recognize. Yeah. Do you still have that David Strathairn, uh, photo picture poster on your wall? Like you yeah. didn't in, in high school. <laughs> Um, I was shocked to see a scene that seems to take place in a Amazon yeah. workforce. That makes me feel like I wonder if there was any kind of sneaky stuff that kind of the situation that Mandy is maybe alluding to of maybe some people because she looks not terribly Frances McDormand. I wonder if sometimes they just put them into a place saying, yeah, we're just going around filming this lady. And if you want to tell us your story, I wonder how much of it is actually real. Not that you could get away with just filming in an Amazon thing, but that was just crazy. I, I, imagine, just, I can't be imagine. Tricky, but yeah, I, yeah, I wonder about that because it's not. Uh, if if Amazon was releasing it, I would be like, okay, well, you know, they they had an in, right? Mm-hmm. But from <laughs> from what I can see, it's not Amazon putting it out there. So that is pretty interesting. That and they, all the uh, scenes are like, come on, it's our daily ice cream party. Like they're <laughs> pretending that Amazon is an amazing. There's too much air conditioning, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Another right, break, like... boss. I just want to get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this film uh, looks like it's going to be uh, debuting February nineteenth. 
2021. So right after Valentine's Day, we'll be able to check this one out. So Oh, what a weird date movie. All right. <laughs> right. All right, Tommy. Mine was Palmer, because it was the first trailer I saw. I'm glad you're back. I imagine it's going to take some time getting used to. You just got to get yourself back out there. Palmer, you were all USA player two years in Riverside? Yes, sir. The whole lot's changed. That's Sam. His mama took off. He'll be staying with us till she's back. You know you're a boy, right? Yeah. In the hours that I've known. Do you know when my mama's coming back? He's gonna have to go in the system. There's something seriously wrong with that kid. Would you send me free? How did you end up in prison? Don't matter. I did what I did. Bulk of what you did today. Listen to me, son. Kids are mean. Especially when they see something that they ain't used to seeing. You ain't nothing but a criminal. You got no right looking after any child. There's things in this world you can be, and there's things that you can't. How many boys do you see on that show? None. What does that tell you? That I can be the first. It stars Justin Timberlake as a ex-con who's coming back into town. He was a football star and he got in trouble for something that's not in the trailer. And then he has to make friends and everything's tough. And I pointed out this trailer because I know for a fact, while I'm watching it, I will go, this is pretty cloying through tears. Like, I will be actively crying <laughs> while I'm saying this is manipulative and I don't necessarily care for all the things this movie is doing. But even the trailer I thought was pretty great. And it's identifying a very underrepresented character, uh, which is or type of person, which is a non hmm, as I trip over nouns, non-binary conforming <laughs> and then i just pass out it is it stars a it uh, uh he has to befriend and maybe take care of a young man boy. who seems to a young boy who seems to uh maybe identify more as a female or at least in the trailer identifies with more female things he seems to be interested in dancing and more girls' clothes and stuff. The entire movie is in the trailer. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you got to the end of it, but at the very end, I think I saw the ending credits. But either way, um, I think it seems very heartwarming. It seems like another maybe stretch for Justin Timberlake. And uh, I'm totally in. I love these kind of movies. Yeah. Any thoughts from you guys? Um before we met the boy, and the reason I say boy is because in the trailer they say the word boy about 175 times to describe that child. That's, you, know, you know that's a girl stuff, right? Something's wrong with that boy. Something's wrong with that boy, I, right? I, yeah, yeah. And, he, yeah, and JT says, like, I I can't live without that boy. I would do anything for that boy. So even right. though he's accepting whatever journey this boy is on, he's still calling him a boy. So I'm only quoting the trailer. I hope I'm not being insensitive in any Cop. way. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, not but, at all. Go ahead. Um, I don't know how much acting I've seen Justin Timberlake do. He looks at, he looks all American. You would buy him as a, 
high school football star, and yet you buy him as a convict and a and a broken, angry guy yep. as well. And that interests me. I agree it had an after-school special feel, Tommy, but, yeah. but I'm down. <laughs> I, I, I'm down yeah. because I'm also curious about the journey that this boy is on. So right. it seems like yeah. it's his journey and JT is a part of his journey. Interesting actor because he he ends up taking some pretty interesting projects uh, periodically. Like when he was in Black Snake Moan. Uh, in Black Snake that, Moan. Yeah, I, that was a fantastic he performance. Suffered uh, from crippling anxiety disorder. Take. Right. Alpha Dog Social Network, of course trolls and you know that was he was the in fact the only non-cg character in that film i don't know if you <laughs> two know that but but he did whole body Can makeup thing. It was... yeah now we know cindy lopper <laughs> way to go mandy there you go yes we know cindy um so I, but i i love the look of this and i think i'm right there with you tommy as soon as this started i'm like uh oscar bait for justin timberlake here we go <laughs> right but then I was like, oh, damn it, it suckered me in the whole thing. I'm like, all right, I buy into this. The story looks really interesting. I I think it's going to be a really, I hope it's going to be a real heartfelt movie about this, about uh, kind of working with this uh, this kid and just and finding that relationship and building that. So I'm pretty excited about it. And it could have just been a kid. And for a second in the trailer, it is just a kid. Oh, that's right. blank. He's going to be staying with us for a while and stuff. And then this other element comes out and it's like, oh, OK, the movie. I feel like the movie is complicating itself nicely more than it has to. <laughs> that's that dumb phrase I always use. It's better than it needs to be. Uh, that's why I think this movie is worth is puts it over the top over a um, after school special, like Mandy had said. And so yeah. Grandma right. is played by June yeah. Squibb, who is like I a love hug. June Squibb. Just she's a hug. She's a human hug. I just wanna squeeze her. Oh, I just watched Godmothered uh with the family this past weekend and oh she was in that and everything about that movie was was garbage oh. including her unfortunately i don't know what it is but so okay. don't don't watch it okay thank you andy for that it's, a, it's one of those new holiday new movies oh, okay uh it was bad it was rough i like that uh, it's an unranking anyway. <laughs> what are your favorite holiday movies <laughs> never see this never watch it what did i just see her in oh i rewatched about schmidt okay go ahead oh i love that movie Mm-hmm. Much better reference point. Much Don't dilly dally. Point. <laughs> okay. What? Uh, when does your movie open, Tommy? Oh, we'll never know. <laughs> That's the one thing I always forget to look up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to come out in the in. It's going to come out. <laughs> it's January 29th, right? January oh, yeah. 29th. On That's Apple, what I meant Apple to say. TV yeah. Plus. Yeah. That's All the right. one. It's an Apple TV. That's yeah. the one. Excellent. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for the trailers. Uh, lots Hi, of trailers. good stuff, actually. I really enjoyed all of the stuff that uh, we brought to the table this week. May I add something to the trailer section? Because oh, I'm. Oh, <laughs> this is exciting. I love I'm it. devastated that I did not get to talk about Promising Young Woman. Did they do that last week? A while ago, back when the trailer first came out, I want to say last spring. Oh, I I didn't that realize looks, it was that, looks, that long ago, but because I they're just starting it might have been to early give summer, it like yeah. a, a lot of airtime, and every time yeah. I get chills up and down, and I can't wait, I can't wait. I like I love everything yeah. about this, the concept, and I'm so excited, and the use of toxic in the trailer. Okay, 
That's it. I'm yeah, that that trailer, I don't know anything about this. Uh, was October 17th Pete picked it. Oh, good. Tell us about it, though. Let's let's talk about it again because it looks that good. Very briefly. And Tommy will attest, I think, that like this is like a storyline I would pitch as a as a film. Carrie Mulligan plays a, a woman who has clearly been hurt and observed hurt in the world and men have preyed upon her. So now she the voiceover of the trailer is I go out to a different bar every weekend. I pretend to be so drunk I can't stand men help me out and take me home and then they try to take advantage of me and she exacts revenge on all of them oh really i like that yeah not the part where she enacts revenge but everything up to that sounded is is that a weird thing to say (laughs) that sounds great carrie mulligan i know carrie mulligan yes Yes. so you were asking it all comes full circle there it is flawless american accent come out they, I think Christmas Day, but it's not at the end of the TV promos. They're just like coming out, coming soon. They're not saying if it's only. In- oh, because no one knows anymore. Sure. I get it. But now it's so close. You would think that they would be saying available to VOD or whatever. Better. I just realized that Palmer is directed by Fisher Stevens. Oh, I saw that. Feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't someone ask, hey, who directed Palmer? And was it Fisher Stevens? I can say yes. <laughs> it was. Short Circuits, <laughs> Fisher Stevens. All right. Is that, is that on the poster? <laughs> directed by Short Circuits. <laughs> directed, <laughs> directed by the one of the earliest questionable. <laughs> yeah, that was questionable. Okay. Ooh, let's do these lists. Oh, right. Uh, so on oh, the right. main show this week, uh, we're talking about Underworld Rise of the Lycans, the prequel film that uh, that talks all about back in the olden days when Lycans were just the slaves to the vampires and the Lycans decide to revolt and uh, go to war, thus starting the war that uh, is still going on by the time we get to the first and second and fourth and fifth Underworld films. So that's that's where we are. Over oh, she already knows all this so well. <laughs> they were like, rough yeah, times. Like I've been there. Yeah. yeah, they were rough times. They were. Uh, so we'll say they were the salad days. Go ahead. We put our poll up in our, the Show Talk channel over in Discord, and our options were fake history, Romeo and Juliet esque stories, and slave revolts. Holy cow! Fake history. Yeah, fake with history. a bullet. Absolutely, that's what everybody wanted us to talk about. So we are here to talk about some movies with fake history and Mandy. You're kicking us off. I'm glad because the first thing that occurred to me and to my mom is a movie I watched way too young and way too often as a kid. Aliens. History of the World Part One. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Mel Brooks, you know, hilarity ensues. It's a fantastically funny, off-color, very PG-13, I would say, R rating, but... Man, from the time I, I don't know why my parents were like, yeah, you're eight years old. Have a look at this. But that seems a little it. I mean, that movie kicks off with a, a bunch of monkeys <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> like from <laughs> jump, that movie is not an eight year old movie, but that's outstanding and informs me about you so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they were dancing in the version I saw. 
that's weird. <laughs> that's what they told yeah. you? I Let's... remember having that the Spanish Inquisition song <laughs> stuck Inquisition, in my head. Here we go. What a show. Yeah. yeah, what a show. So for so yeah. long. That's a great pick. Thanks. Good. What's funny is I saw that like when I was a kid, like a lot of these on HBO when my parents were at home. Hello. And I didn't remember, I didn't understand a lot of these things and I didn't know what a lot of these things were that were going on. But the one thing that stuck in my head was when they create that giant uh, that giant joint and they light oh. it like in the back of their wagon mm-hmm. or whatever. And they're the, the smoke, like that's the only thing that I really remembered for the longest that's time. That's the only actual history. I don't even history think I knew what that was. So that, that that's, actually that's happened. The real history. Yeah, that's proven. <laughs> that is. Yeah. I think it, 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 I traced my family line to that point. Actually, <laughs> Thank you. 23 and me. <laughs> that's right. All right. My first film, I am looking at a a really interesting, uh, it's not quite a documentary. It's definitely a pseudo documentary that uh, was made in 1971. And it's uh, about this film crew following these uh, National Guard type of soldiers and these cops and they're they're trying to uh track down these uh kind of hippies and stuff this counterculture sort of people across this desert in a place called punishment park um this is uh nixon basically he's declared this state of emergency and without permission or anything he started anyone who is a risk to internal security they basically arrest and lock up and they put in this place that then basically the cops go and and shoot and everything and so it's a really interesting uh kind of fake documentary that i found to be really engrossing and something that's definitely worth kind of thinking about and chewing on especially because it came out in 71 at kind of the height of all of this sort of Hmm. stuff so that's uh it's called punishment Punishment park yeah, Punishment Park. And you've seen it. <laughs> I lived it, Tommy. Mm-hmm. I lived when it. I was hanging out wow. with the Lycans, my friend Andy was in Punishment Park. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, anyway, I would recommend that you two... Uh, <laughs> Where does a, one see it? Find a happy night to go watch that. It's not I exactly a chipper film. Uh, that's... Well, never know. I, I don't know. I'm going to look at justwatch.com and I will tell you on flings, flicks fling. I don't know what flicks fling is. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Apparently that you can also watch like a it. Trap. Amazon if you get a subscription to Fandor through Amazon. Yeah, I'm never it going is. to watch Punishment Park. It all, it all sounds like you're trying to scam us. Right. It's like, oh, it's on HBO. It's about right. HBO Andy. Do you mean Max? No, it's called HBO Andy. I don't trust any of this. Right, right. Tommy, what's your first pick? Controversial. No, I don't think it's controversial, but here's one that might be controversial. This was a movie, a much beloved and Oscar nominated movie that began saying that this is all a true story. And it was this weird time where we believed it. And everyone was like, wow, what a crazy true story. And then actually reporters went out to a certain towns in Minnesota and found out it's not true at all. And everyone was like, what? Drop dead gorgeous. If you can remember, oh, sorry. it's drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> no, uh, I do like drop dead gorgeous, though. No, it's Fargo. 
Do you remember that movie opens with this is a true story uh, in uh, in uh, it's the same way that the TV show currently goes in respect for the living the names of change and the respect for the dead. Nothing else has been changed. And people really believed it. Everyone did because we we really weren't putting out things saying this is a true story when it was just completely a lie. It was almost like that was a crime. Even though there's no crime, it's an art crime. Right. And I just like that's just <laughs> well, I, they people really believe that this had happened. These horrible occurrences. How could it ever happen except in a Coen Brothers movie? It didn't. All right. <laughs> Which I just think is fascinating. The kind of when it came out that it wasn't true, like the Cohen said, well, you know, it was true because our, our grandma told us that story. And it was true. It was a true thing that she it was true that she told us that story. <laughs> That was basically how they spun it. That's funny. Yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. Next choice. And I'm so glad that I thought one of you were going to say it and I wouldn't get to say it. Oh. Hmm. It's uh, a movie with a couple of no-name actors by a first-time director called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have our first steal. Wait, I steal it from you. Isn't that how that works? I Correct. never understand. Okay. Correct. Okay. You stole it from me. That was next on my oh, list. Well, it feels good. It feels good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Love this movie didn't quite realize where it was building to. I do think the movie's a bit long. But in the first three or four hours, I didn't quite realize where it was building. But once I saw where it was building, I was so riveted and excited. And I just, I, I, I think it's a masterpiece. I really loved where this movie went in in a fake version of history. In a fake version of history, because I, because you and I are both Helter Skelter heads. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) so I knew the dates and I knew Celio Drive and all of that. And so when it got to that part of the movie, the first time that I saw it, I got really bummed out during that scene when all the neons are growing up. I was like, oh, right. Now we have to watch all these horrible deaths of these people that I've grown to love. And then Tarantino's like, hold my beer, which is so great. So I think that that's really fun. That's a really fun way to choose it. Yeah. Strong film. I I had it on my backups, but it's not a steal for me. But it's it's such an interesting way to kind of spin that. Um, I had actually worked on a, a TV movie about the um, about the the whole thing with uh, with the real story, and so I, you know, otherwise I don't think I would have known quite as much. So, but because of all of that, as it was happening, I really enjoyed kind of the twist that the story took. So, it's so funny to see what a downer the movie would have been had he not pulled an in. Glorious bastards. I hope I'm not stealing that from someone of just sort of like, oh, and then this horrible murder happened. The end. Uh, yeah. I mean, right, it right. just it seems unthinkable, but I really assume that's where he was going. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Pick, I, you know, I found uh, this film to be a very interesting story. I don't know how well it would hold up today. But Punishment Park Two, <laughs> Punishment Park Two. It's actually the third one. Oh, you went for the trilogy. No, it's uh, it is Alien Nation, the film from 1988 that had James Caan, Mandy Patinkin as an alien, and Terrence Stamp as I believe he was a bad alien. Terrence and, Stamp was a bad guy. No, right, right. It, the whole idea of this is that, uh, like a few years before, the the film takes place in. 
It was made in 88. It takes place in 1991. And in 1988, they basically, what had happened is like this giant UFO arrived with all these slave aliens that that came to Earth. And now in 1991, we have been trying to integrate them into our society. And so James Caan is a detective and his partner is killed and he ends up getting one of these aliens as his new partner. And, and, you know, it's, it's all about like racism and all that sort of stuff, but it's done with these kind of aliens. It's, it's spun off a TV show and all that sort of stuff. It wasn't like the, the, I don't, I, I don't know. I found it to be incredibly fascinating and it's still one of those films that sticks in my head. But um, it's one that I am a little nervous about revisiting, but I thought it would be a good fit, a good fit here. So Alien Nation would be my next pick. What was the Netflix movie that was a pretty big bomb about a cop teaming up with like an orc or an alien that was just recent? That wasn't Project. Yeah. Power. No, that was Limitless. What was that movie called? Uh, with Will Smith. Yeah, and it was really bad. Right. The, I figured the, it but out. It was like, but it was like the fairies or something. Like, because, yeah. Oh, that it was, was it, fairies. It was, was called the, Bright. All right. Bright. Well, I'm glad I brought bright, that up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a real pass. More like dark. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, I take it from the silence that neither of you uh, saw this one. I feel like you're watching movies in an alternative universe. Yeah. I've never heard of these movies. No. Nope. <laughs> Alien Nation. Yeah. I like the title because it's also just a word. Right, right. Yeah, it's no, definitely Tommy. We'll so. go over that later. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Mandy's Remember, Tommy, she reads. I read. <laughs> oh, she reads. Boy, does she read. Uh <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. What's your next? Good. Yep. What's my next one? I have four written out here now that I've crossed out one time in Hollywood and Punishment <laughs> Park. No, I didn't have <laughs> Punishment Park on a list. Um, I'm going to say U571. Matthew McConaughey is a submarine captain. Toot toot. That's not the noise that submarines make. Uh, I love all submarines <laughs> movies. And so even if they're dumb, uh, I still love them. And the thing that this movie does is it says, you're welcome, world. Americans got the Enigma machine and we did it. And we totally did not. British uh, from the German army <laughs> stole an Enigma machine, which let which let us which let the world decode coded um, Hitler messages. <laughs> That's what they were called. They were called Hitler messages. They were called Hitler mail. Um, and U571 just in pure, awesome yank Yankee uh, fashion just goes, yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it says it's a true story. And we did not. The British did found the Enigma machine. We absolutely did not. But Matthew McConaughey still made everything all right. All right I feel right. enlightened. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I remember watching that movie. And that's about it. Yeah. Splash. One of those that just didn't quite stick. I that's guess. what <laughs> mostly happens in the movie is it's a bunch of people listening. And then someone goes, splashes. Because they're dropping, um, what are those things you drop from a depth, depth charges? charges yeah. yeah, so most of the movie is splashes. And then you can hear the director in the background say, let's say Americans did it. <laughs> so we, we solved all of the German problems at the end. I thought David Hasselhoff solved all the German problems. No? Uh, <laughs> that's it, that's yep. in my revisionist history movie I'm writing. He, he sang so loud that wall just fell from right over. Hoff. All right, Mandy. Last pick. Make it good. Dick. Ah. Did you guys ever see this movie? Oh, 
I I did, and I really enjoyed it, and I totally forgot about that I one. But that is a really one. strong Michelle pick, Thank Michelle you, Williams. Andy, I live for approval. Michelle That's Williams right. and Kirsten Dunst are two very dippy young teen girls in DC, and they witness Watergate, or they they figure out the Watergate break in, and then Nixon invites them to be their his dog walker so they won't tell anyone what they know really and they he thinks they're blackmailing him and they are not blackmailing him they're like we get to be the president's dog walkers they are both hilarious what I feel they've like uncovered or what they've stumbled upon they have no idea and michelle williams and kirsten dunst both have gone on to uh award-winning careers but at this time they were both like this was you know, oh, is that the girl from Dawson's Creek season one? Like no one knew who they were really, or they were they were just young, uh, trendy teen actresses. Right. And their performances are really nuanced and truly funny. And to see them both go on to such solid, incredible careers, I just love this movie. I saw it back then. I've seen it several times since. I have a real soft spot for Dick. Okay. All right, and and the, okay. and they become Deep Throat. That's what I I thought that was brilliant they, in the movie that throat. they actually yeah, yeah they are Deep Throat to uh, Will Ferrell is yeah. uh, one of the two yeah. guys I remember, and Dan Hedaya. I thought he was such a perfect choice to play Nixon. Yes. I was like, why do more people Great not choice. cast him as Nixon? Because he was. Oh, I got to see this. I'm not so arguing good. that with Funny. you. But it was really Nick Tortelli exactly. from Cheers. It wasn't like he was really doing a good Nixon. He just made Nixon such a memorable character yeah. in the movie, I thought. But that's such a great I now I want to watch that again. I haven't seen that since it was in theaters, Yay. but it's such a good movie. So You're welcome. Awesome pick. Awesome, awesome. All right. For my final pick, <laughs> I'm a little torn with my options here, but I'm gonna go with one that you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm trying to pick the ones that I think you two have not seen. Apparently. So. <laughs> yeah, you, know. you are yeah. two out of three. So you're like cowboy shooting at the screen. Captain in the World of Tomorrow from 2004. Did either of you see this film? Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelina Jolie. Like all fake. Right? Like at the whole, everything, yes, the actors are exactly. real and everything else is what? Computer generated green screened? Built the whole thing with 2D and 3D uh, backgrounds. They filmed it on like blue and green screens and just kind of created this whole fictional world that was designed to be like an alternate uh, future um, from, I think, from like back in 19 or is it in? No, it's an alternate past, but it's a more futuristic past. It's kind of almost like a steampunk right. sort of uh, way that they envisioned the future because it takes place in 1939. And like the there's uh, uh, zeppelins that like they park at the top of the Empire State Building and then people walk across a little bridge to it and everything. And it was just such a cool way to kind of portray this this um, kind of futuristic past. I had so much fun and I can't remember the story that well, but I know that uh, that um, Jude Law is Sky Captain. He's a pilot and he has to help Polly Perkins, who is the reporter, and that's Gwyneth Paltrow. And they're trying to find this, the, like if there's all these missing scientists and they're trying to track them down. And I know that it's like a globetrotting thing and stuff, but it was it was a really cool movie and uh, one that kind of has disappeared. So that's my final pick, Sky Captain in the World of Didn't Tomorrow. Didn't it kind of weirdly do like really poorly? Like it was pretty expensive and it was going to be... yes. 
I felt like that was sort of in the same category when they put out the Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy movie, the all computer, like they was, it was heralding the future of cinema and people for some reason were like, no, (laughs) it's, it did. This totally bombed. It was a very expensive movie because of the way that they decided to film it. And, and even though critics loved it and everything, it just, I think the, that kind of look, I just don't think it really drew people in. I don't think it was really until Sin City where people were kind of buying into that sort of style. Wasn't it also, it was in black and white and kind of filmed in a newsreel-y kind of fashion or no? We'll never know. It's okay. I can't remember. It's okay. been way too long. It's something that I need to watch again because it was cool. And um, yeah, I'll have to see it. I don't know. I, I I don't even know how easy this. I can probably find Punishment Park easier than I can find this one. <laughs> and that's saying something. That's saying something. All right. It's all right, Tommy. Four left. I'm going to pick controversial choice again. Oh, you know me in controversy, right, guys? I'm going to pick a movie that goes along and everything makes sense and it's a mystery and you're figuring out and then you find out in the last, let's say, 10 minutes, everything you know is a lie. And everything has been a play, in effect, put on for one person for psychoanalysis. Any guesses? Yeah. Directed by Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. This is maybe stretching the bounds of fake history, but they have constructed an entire fake history pretending. Wait, spoiler alert. Yeah, this movie came out like in the 20s. It's fine. Um, There there. He is actually a uh, uh, prisoner on Shutter Island. But in order they it's it's actually what it is, is the first idea of exposure therapy. Um, where they bring him in as a uh, pretending to be a detective. I don't know why detectives have top hats. <laughs> pretending to be a detective solving the crime that he mm. did in order to try to get him to wake up because his entire uh, ideations have taken over his his uh, reality. And you only find out at the very end of the movie that everything has been set up for him with this fake history in order to oh. try to wake him up. Whether he does or not, the last second is sort of up for uh, conversation. But how about that for an interesting choice? I loved it, says <laughs> me. <laughs> I remember liking that movie, but I don't remember anything about it. I, I remember... Um... What was the woman? It was, uh, I can't remember, but she's like disappearing as he's hugging her or something like a, she's fading like a memory or something. Oh, that's also the aforementioned Michelle Williams oh, oh, plays his okay. wife. His wife had killed his children. He had killed his wife and then had a psychotic break, refusing to believe that that was the reality of anything that had Jeez. happened. And instead trying to blame everything on an arsonist murderer named, I think, Anthony Lapidus, which is somehow uh, okay. a yeah. switch the letters around and it's his name or something. I feel like, <laughs> something like that. Uh, it's all going a little crazy, but yeah. Nice. Good pick. Nothing like uh, finishing us off with some Scorsese. So, Yeah. Well, next week, we're going to be uh, talking about the fourth of the Underworld movies. I, you know what? We're in a weird place because we're actually going to be 
like I said, we're not returning for two weeks, and I don't think we're going to be doing two lists. So technically, I mean, we're kind of wrapping up the Underworld series because between this and the next Saturday matinee episode, the fourth and fifth episodes will have released, and that's Underworld Awakening and Underworld Blood Wars. And I'll tell you, every movie is a blood war. It's just all vampires and werewolves fighting each other. That's pretty much what they're all about. So do you have any thoughts, uh, you know, options that we can do for just wrapping up this uh, this franchise? What do you think? I like just throwing out vampires and werewolves. <laughs> Across the plate. But wait, are we coming up with two different? No, we're just going to do we're just going to do one, one list. list that's wrapping up the next. Just two doing movies, one. Basically, yeah. The next movie, I will tell you, Underworld Awakening does have a mad scientist who is in it. A fan of mad scientists, I say put that on the list because that could actually be. It seems like a wild open, wide open field that might get really that seems like rife for steals. Mad scientists. So I vote for that. Mandy, what's your vote? You read. Missing spouses, and that's not because I've been trapped in a house with my husband. For, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, are, what are you telling uh, us about nope, your spouse? Not, it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> no, one, no one has seen him for weeks, right. and her house smells terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like missing. I think just, missing spouses is a good choice. Yeah, it, uh, it might allow for different kinds of movies other than the you know the underworldy yeah, action right. choices. Because Missing Spouses loans itself to Now, comedy. what about this one? Child- children you didn't know. <laughs> There's so much comedy in Missing Spouses. You're right. What about children you didn't know you had? Is there a... <laughs> I can't find my wife anywhere. I'm sorry. I just had to say that out loud. Uh, what did you say? What about children Andy? you didn't know you had? Oh, Ooh, I like that. That was the whole 90s for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like that. I think that's a fun option. If that's okay, yeah. I like that a, a little bit better than vampires I, or werewolves, yeah, just because it's a little more... Well, yeah. and it also, like Missing Spouses, gives you a lot of comedy options. <laughs> 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 Great. Well, that's uh, that will do it. We have Mad Scientists, Missing Spouses, and Children You Didn't Know You Had. So we Love will get it. those options up. Hot. Over in the Discord on the Show Talk channel, and everybody can cast their vote. We're going to make the voting period a little longer, so you'll have, uh, I think, through through most of the holidays to get your votes in. But make sure you hop in there and do that. If you want to hop into the Show Talk channel, you just need to go over to thenextreel.com slash membership, and you can become a supporter of the Next Real family of podcasts. For just a buck a month, you can become a one-reeler and join our online community in our Discord server. For a few dollars more, you can become a two-reeler supporter and join us for show live streams as we record, like this very show, early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed, and access to the super-secret member channels in Discord. Plus, you can now support with a single annual donation at either level. Has joined us and to those who are checking us out, your support allows us to keep producing and growing the next real family of podcasts at True Story FM. Well, Tommy, Mandy, it's been surreal. As enjoy the rest what of your a wonderful weekend, time. gentlemen. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your holidays. It will be a little while before we all chat again. It'll be, it will be talking in 2021. Oh, I can just feel all the changes already. My plan is to watch <laughs> Hillbilly Elegy nine times during Christmas. Mandy, Andy, what are your guys' plans? I'll do that with Mank. 
<laughs> Perfect. Okay. <laughs> I'll do that with uh, with Godmothered. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, this is going to be a terrible Christmas. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, you two. And thanks, all of you out there for listening. And happy holidays. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay safe. Not too safe. <laughs> I said it first, so I meant it more. And I didn't mean it at all. Oh. Yeah, I didn't mean it at all. I was like, go out there and kiss somebody, you wimp. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.